0: Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of CenterLink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Corey here, welcoming you to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of the stories that I'm about to share with you are of interest and you'd like to read more... Just head over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you can find a written version of the roundup. Anyway, let's jump in with our first story of the week, why trans folks are losing sleep. Researchers led by Salem Harry Hernandez found that sleep loss was a common experience among trans and non-binary people in New York. 35% of those who participated in the study said they had trouble sleeping because of issues relating to their gender identity and accessing affirming care, while 15% said mental health challenges were tied to their sleep loss. Additionally, 60% said that they used strategies like prescriptions, over-the-counter sleep aids, and marijuana to help them sleep. So I think this is uh, interesting and concerning for two reasons. First, you know it really shows the impact of the stress that people are experiencing um, that you know this isn't just something that people think about once in a while um, or that impacts them when they go to the doctor and try to get care but they're really thinking about the the bias and the challenges that they're experiencing all the time enough to prevent them from sleeping so that's concerning um and then there's also the the sleep loss itself which we know sleep is critical to health. Um, None of us like to go uh, under sleeping, and we know that that can wear on people uh, over time for sure. So um, a very interesting uh, study to really look in depth at this issue. Next up, National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. The CDC marked February 7th as National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day, which this year had the theme, we're in this together. The theme highlights the importance of engaging with families, partners, and communities, they said. and This year's resources included a variety of social media images and suggested messages that folks can use. They also have uh, fact sheets that explain how gay and bisexual men are particularly impacted by the HIV epidemic. Next up, Beyond Sexual Health Risks for Black Men. So on the subject of black men's health, researchers led by Chirico Boone analyzed scientific research on black men's sexuality, and they found that 84% of of what was out there was regarding sexual health and risk, uh, including a large sum on HIV among gay and bisexual black men. The limited body of research, they said, ignores the potential for sexual minority Black men to, quote, develop healthy, emotionally intimate, trusting, and sexually pleasurable relationships. So basically, all of the research that was out there focused on kind of um, you know, what we might think about as negative stuff, um, things that need to be prevented, um, risks that need to be addressed, and very little on kind of, you know, positive um, things about, you know, developing healthy relationships, um, which is interesting because I think, you know, subjects like HIV are so important. And it is important that we address um, risks that are facing different communities, um, but not at the expense of also seeing the positive side of health and thinking, you know, um, what actually m- makes good health and not just preventing um, bad health outcomes. So definitely an interesting study and um, one that kind of, you know, suggests how much more research could be being done to support this community. Our next story looks at community centers and Facebook. Researchers led by William Godel examined over 32,000 Facebook posts made by LGBT community centers. They found that, not surprisingly, using photos, videos, and direct engagement with readers were all ways to boost posts. I think that's something that's pretty commonly known um, in terms of social media messaging, but it's really great to see that reaffirmed in a study that's looking specifically at LGBTQ community centers because, um, you know, these kind of general tricks of the trade for doing social media marketing, you never know how they're going to apply to one particular uh, population. They also found that content related to topics including stigma and mental health played well with readers, and that to me is great news because um, these are topics that, you know, community centers can be playing a huge role in and are playing a huge role in. And sometimes I think, um, you know, we may, as folks working in public health, worry that people are going to ignore those messages, um, you know, not pay much attention to them. And this study found that those topics were really of interest to people and that people were um, looking for that kind of information. So that's really um, exciting and encouraging. Next up, providers speak out for trans youth. NBC News reported that over 200 providers and other healthcare professionals in the South wrote an open letter opposing a growing number of pending state bills that would ban access to care for transgender youth. The letter says that there is a growing medical consensus that not only is gender-affirming care safe for youth, but it's actually critical to protect their mental health and their well-being. Um, I think if you've been following along on the podcast, you've heard um, that there is a trend of um, states looking at banning uh, any gender affirming care for minors, um, including with criminal penalties for health care providers. Um, and this um, letter to me, you know, really shows that this is um, a public health issue and uh, that banning care is not based in science or evidence, um, certainly not in the opinion of these 200 providers. And finally for this week, trans women say healthcare is limited. A new study led by Christina Sun examined the healthcare experiences of a diverse sample of transgender women and found that, while mental and transition-related healthcare were priorities, the participants in the study struggled to find competent care to meet those needs. They also found that sexual health was um, too narrowly focused, um, just looking really at HIV and STIs and that other services related to sexual health, for example, um, accessing sexual health education or finding support around issues with dating were really lacking. So I think it's interesting. It's um, another study this week that touches on the issue that we can't look at sexual health through a narrow lens, that people really want holistic support. Um, they, you know, want us to focus on, on wellness and education as public health folks, um, and not just, um, you know, narrowly looking at um, issues like HIV and STIs, which are critical, but don't exist in a vacuum. That wraps up another week of our LGBT wellness roundup. If you'd like to follow up on any of the research that I've shared, you can head on over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you'll find a written version of this week's roundup and all roundups past. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll subscribe if you're not subscribed already. And I will talk to you next week.